The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. December 31st. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm recording this the day before. <laughs> but we've arrived. We've survived. We've not only survived, but I've heard that some people have thrived this year, the year of our Lord and Savior Garcelle 2022. Um, when I was thinking about how to end the year with AG, what kind of AG spectacular we should have in store, I thought, you know... I feel like a countdown is right. I feel like let's go through some top moments, but it has to be AG specific. And a part of an AG specific countdown is like, what is the absolute lunacy <laughs> that's currently existing in my lady brain? So I thought about it. I put up a poll on IG. Do you guys want an AG classic episode or something that's 2022 themed? And people voted and they wanted year end. They wanted the year to quite literally end, but they also wanted to end the year with a year themed podcast episode. Saying that out loud, the theme of the podcast this week is year. And I think that is iconic and original and creative and magical. So I truly didn't think about like what the list would include. I was just thinking like genuinely moments that came to mind. I wrote this in a couple minutes. I um sent it to Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo, who I recorded a separate list countdown with. Same list, but much, much different conversation for Patreon. Um, So you can look for that there. And I just sent it to her and I was like, is this fucking insane? And she, I know she added like one or two, I think. I'm sure, um, at least. Um, But really the hardest part about this iconic list was honestly the order. I was like, let me just come up with some fucking shit and then rank it. And then I spent a lot of time in my head arguing with myself on route to pick up some veggies yesterday at Miznon, guys, which 
oh my god it's so it's such fucking good food they have locations all over the goddamn place but if you are a meat eater they can hook you up if you are a veggie person there's so many great veggies but anyway so like literally walking to Mizanon walking back I was focused solely on figuring out a ranking order for this list and also coming up with a um, graphic and it's maybe the best and only technical graphic I've ever made, which you can find on my Instagram, um, which has the list in full. But anyway, I was just thinking about fun moments because I don't know about you, but 2022 was fucking terrible. I spent, I don't know, at least 50% of it literally in bed, which is wild. I almost died. This is the worst part of (laughs) my devil personality. I came up with this this list. I was like, oh, wait, you know what didn't make the list? Me surviving an attempt on my life by my brain uh, in May, which you guys know about. Um, and I was like, oh, that could make it. Like a top moment for AG is like we almost series finale in late May. But it didn't make it, guys. It wasn't as iconic <laughs> as some stuff that happened with Orange County and Teresa's hair. You know what I'm saying? Like... Oh, the humility of (laughs) medical crises. But anyway, you know, this year has been tough. It's been a tough year. It's, um, It's one of those weird things I created, you know, how everybody does those fucking reels of like the year in review. And I don't know how to fucking do it. I did it. I posted it. And then I was like, oh, wait, I think there was supposed to be something I pressed or whatever. But it is the the wild, the overwhelming sensation of Instagram is like we show the moments that we want to share and not necessarily the ones that we don't. And I have a tendency of sharing everything. But when I was looking at the year in review that I had made, it's like, how do you insert dead air? <laughs> it's like, here's several months that didn't exist. Um, but then I thought about it and I was like, you know, there's something almost kind of wonderful about focusing on of course, acknowledging that stuff happened, but also thinking of how many wonderful experiences and moments did exist in 2022. I mean, Andy's Girls Live, AG300 with Evan Ross Katz in March was so much fun. I got so fucking drunk, opened a bottle of champs on stage, was a pro during the um, recording, I believe. Um, I think we had three housewives, Carol and Marge, I want to say, FaceTimed. And then, of course, the iconic Kelly Clorin Ben Simone attended. And then I just got so fucking drunk because my birthday was at midnight that I ended the night. I mean, Ryan Houlihan took all this video and photos of me blitzed out of my mind, dancing on a banquette, tits for days, by the way. You're welcome, East Village. Or Lower No, yeah, East Village. Um... And rang in my birthday with like AGs and friends who literally don't watch Bravo, but attended AG Live and enjoyed it, which I was like, yay. Um, But there were so many moments right there. BravoCon, which was a interesting experience. I talk about this with Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo on the Patreon, you know. It it was a, a year of growth for the event and there were some tr- tricky aspects of it. I think for many attendees, but so many great points too. I mean, the Salt Lake City panel, which we'll get to on this list, an iconic moment. And of course, meeting the love of my life, the future, Mr. 
and Sarah Galley Manzo, Christopher Manzo, which was so out of body and like funny. Like I laughed throughout it because I just was like, this is, I am like almost embarrassed for him that I love him so much. Have you ever had that where you meet someone and you're like, honestly, I can't even, this is like, I don't even know what to say because it is, it's like a little bit of an LOL for us. AGs. He, of course, does factor into my holiday card, which I'm going to post on IG. Probably, actually, I know is an odd thing, but like maybe Jen one, because uh, I wanted to wait. I sent it to people all over the place, literally all over the world, and I wanted to wait for as many people to receive it as humanly possible. Um, but it, it, there are these moments that are just like so specific and so wonderful. And I think of the Bravo universe, and it honestly makes me a little emo to think of like, there were moments this year that were like very dark being in an ICU room and waking up and not knowing what happened. And for anyone who deals with chronic health stuff or has dealt with an illness or I've been a caregiver for someone who's dealt with medical, physical, mental health, whatever it is, there is the ability to self-isolate. And there is sometimes also just like the isolation that comes with dealing with like incredibly difficult circumstances and trying to figure it out. At times there is quite literally not a lot of light. And what I found, you know, like I was in my ICU room and I was on YouTube watching friends who were content creators. I became the um, the person who... I have heard from as a creator, I was that person in a hospital bed looking for an escape. And I, you know, watched hours of Emily D. Baker, my pal on YouTube. There was a Miami marathon. I was able to literally stop conversation with my mom and be like, you need to look at Joanna Krupa's wedding trust right now. It is incredibly important that you see (laughs) the ugly ass dress. One of the most terrible (laughs) dresses I've ever seen like honestly apologies to Denise Richards because that was also a terrible look but like that was like ugh. can you really even give something that was whipped up in 45 minutes that much attention by saying it was really bad you know what I'm saying like does it even deserve to be called terrible versus Joanna's which was quite literally pretty tough um but there were moments where I myself it was like a very odd and full circle and um interesting kind of experience to be on the other side and really need to hear voices outside of my own and connect with Bravo in a, in a way that I maybe haven't before, or just kind of discovered a newfound appreciation for it. Um, because for many of us, Bravo is an escape, but it is also a way to connect. I think it is incredibly um amazing, honestly, the ability that we all have to connect with these women who we don't know, not truly, even in interactions that I've had with the majority of them, it's all through the lens of like Andy's girls or some kind of Bravo anything where there's still that mask in place and an appreciation for them where there is that separation. And I think some of that is healthy, certainly, but you don't really get to know that person as they really are. And And the ability to kind of like, because we are voyeurs, but also it does feel like we are genuinely connected to and with them by watching the ways that they open up on TV. Some of that is 
opening up you know, what uh, What Lisa's going through with Lenny right now and her divorce on Miami, which, guys, if you're not watching Miami, Jesus Christ, fucking Christ, get into it. It's going to come up on this list. Um, but, you know, but what Lisa's going through with Lenny, what we've seen so many times before, um, honestly, I don't know how many of you are going to enjoy this comparison, but, like, what Teresa went through with the legal complications and the fallout with Joe and everything else there was a vulnerability which for someone who was not known as being terribly vulnerable on reality tv even in talking about her vulnerabilities there was a defensiveness that she had no choice but to let down even if for a year for a year and a half for two years for however long her sentence and then the season that followed there was a a humbling and humility that took place that i hadn't necessarily seen in Teresa before and you think of these moments, they're not all, they're not all the, these grave consequences. Um, we have seen, of course, deaths of parents, family members, but we've also seen beautiful moments, the birth of, births of children, marriages, some of which are, you know, still around, um, businesses flourishing, people finding a new beginning for them in their lives, the ability to leave potentially, you know, uh, marriages, relationships, circumstances that weren't healthy for them, the ability to do, to leave those circumstances in such an, honestly, when you think about it, bear with me on this, but almost like in a incredibly fascinating, healthy, slightly karmic kind of way. Think of the idea of being in a circumstance with someone, a relationship that was toxic in whatever way, not necessarily having a voice, um, uh, your own independence. And then you join Housewives and in sharing your story and experience, even if you're, you're in denial about what your life really is, in sharing your life, the ability to have an opportunity to leave and create a new life is incredible. And the idea that a part of that the a part the a part of making the choice to create a new kind of life and circumstance albeit one in the public eye which has benefits and drawbacks in all of the ways but the ability to do that while maybe coming to terms with your current life or looking at it through a different lens is honestly to me in many ways incredible because it's not just that you are leaving. I mean, I think from like a mental health perspective, and again, I don't know if the title of app is like, bear with me, but there is no way to simply walk away in the Housewives universe, not walking away from a franchise, but in walking away from a chapter of your life because the show is allegedly supposed to be about your life. And so it enables, aka sort of forces through a reckoning And of course, that can be toxic and terrible people throwing, you know, cheating allegations or something in your face or business transactions turn bad. Of course, it can be used and weaponized and um, become a vehicle for shaming by someone else in your cast or even a loved one that you're filming with or or an audience member asking a question at Watch What Happens Live, whatever it is. But you have to acknowledge where your life has led to that point. And that's something that not everybody does. I, for one, have certainly had those experiences where I'm like, let's not talk about that. (laughs) Let's just close that door, open up another, climb through that window and keep going. And 
Housewives, reality TV, the Bravo universe doesn't allow that. And there's something to me that's like, maybe it's too LOL to call it a healthy move, but I do think that there's some something healthy in that. There, there forces through an understanding of the perception of what we believe that you have experienced. And maybe that comes with a little bit of a turn of like, okay, well, you saw this and actually the reality is really that. I'm sure that has to be a difficult thing when we are responding to the idea of what your universe is and maybe that universe has been more than slightly edited. But there is also the ability to process what your life has been through that point to that point until you make a decision and you change or you just naturally grow and evolve and the circumstances around you change and you decide, am I going to stay the same or or am I going to become different? And I think of the Bravo universe and I just think how fucking incredible that is. How incredible that it is that we have this universe that we, in this community that means so much to so many of us, not only in engaging with each other, but also at keeping the stories of these women at the forefront. And as a woman, as a woman content creator, I think that that's incredibly important to hear the stories and experiences of different women, obviously, in an incredibly heightened environment, a universe that's supposed to be escapist. Obviously, the show within the show is the fact that the majority of these fights are about the show. And thinking about that and understanding the nuances there, the layers and complications and toxicity, of course, that Housewives, that is added to through the experience of being on Housewives, but there's so much still to explore. It's, we're 370 fucking whatever, I don't know, you, you know I'm not going to know the episode uh, number. But it's three, we're nearing 400 episodes. We're en route there. Um, 400th will will be at some point, I assume, in the spring. Um, And just thinking of the fact that it doesn't feel like we're running out of conversation. Of course, you know, I got into this with Lewis Peitzman on a recent episode, the idea of like flop era housewives. And that can be franchise specific where you can feel that about the universe as a whole, of course. And Also, the idea of like a renaissance of housewives, we're seeing some franchises really stand strong front and center. Others that get introduced, there's the idea of a little bit of a flounder, I think, in between. But I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm not I'm not really running out of things that I have to say and things that I have to learn. And that's what is kind of so incredible about this. Andy's girls started as Damian Bellino and I sitting with a shitty recorder that we used for the first year and a half, hashtag old audio, and just talking about things that we were talking about on Facebook at the time. And we just started to record and we're like, whatever happens, happens. And that's the way that Andy's Girls has been for 370 episodes since. There's something that I love about that, the idea of a stream of conscious conversation and the idea that, you know, even in doing a solo episode today, I feel surrounded by you guys. I mean, what a community we've created. Been talking about this list, top 25. I feel like we should tackle some of them. Can you imagine if this was like a six-parter? <laughs> if it was a 25-parter and every day, oh my God, could have been a 25 days of near, every day I do a one-hour episode and each episode is about a single moment of 2022. Next year, you guys, the entire month of December. <laughs> top 31 moments from 2023. You should be so lucky. But anyway, let's dive in. 2022 is so chic. 2022, it keeps things hot and cold. 
2022, let's talk about the moments, the top 25 moments in Housewives. And Andy's Girls Presents, and Andy's Girls Production. The cackle is here. It is a witness to what this year has been. And you know what? The cloth is a something to say. All right, top 25, number 25. Marlo creates a new retail language, Franglish. We just need to <laughs> take a little bit of a moment. Now, I studied French in school. I was quite the student, did not pay a single ounce of attention. And, you know, I was in French for <laughs> a number of years. I want to say five. It could have been more, but like, does a year of junior high count as a year? Like, you can't really make that the same kind of year as year of high school French, right? Because ostensibly the level of work is different, but maybe not for me. Um, anyway, when Marlo announced that her incredible new company, I mean, Chic C'est La Vie, was going to be named Le Apostrophe Archive, Le Archive, which is not technically French. Um, if it was, you would take out the E from le and keep that little apostrophe. But again, do not trust me in this. I barely got through Le Petit Prince. Um, and the first time I went to Paris, a friend of mine was like, oh, oh my God. Because even with year, I just got so nervous the first time I interacted with a French person in Paris that I was like, bonjour. <laughs> it was terrible. Maybe it wasn't that bad, but she did comment. My good friend did comment after. And she was right to be like, babe, like, remember, remember, you know, words like bonjour. You know, you got to work on those. R's. You got to not keep the R's so hard. We are hard R people here in the U.S. And we just got to soften a little bit, soft, you know, like a little purring kitten or whatever, even though I'm really a dog person. Maybe that's the problem is that my R's are more dog than cat. But anyway, all this to say, Marlo's company name, I can't get past it. Is it a top 25 moment from 2022? Absolutely it is. Every single moment on this list deserves, commands its presence, mandates its place on this list. So Marlo, you can keep the E, you can take it out, but it is a moment nonetheless, and I appreciate that. I also appreciate uh, Marlo's business strategy, which is to rent items in her size. So it's not like really, a, it's really truly a Poshmark closet, her shoe size, her whatever size, to Hollywood to rent for film and TV and fashion for over the market, aka retail value, which I don't even know if that lines up with market, retail value of an item according to the number of days you rent it. You could literally rent a pair of her gorgeous shoes for five days and in that time pay potentially twice the price of what those shoes were at retail before being worn. And I love that for her. I think it's incredible. I want it to be an enormous success. I think the fact that she has added an E is, I mean, it's almost an illusion that E. Is it there? Is it not? You know what I'm saying? Like, we still don't really know about Marlo's money. So maybe the E is a representative of that, where it's like, we have questions about it, but also we celebrate it nonetheless. And in that way, Marlo Hampton Franklish, here to stay, into it. I assume she's back as a full-timer. I haven't paid a lot of attention to Atlanta stuff, um, to whatever's going on with like casting news. I think, I assume the cast has stayed the same. 
Um, but I'm here for it. I'm here for a second season journey for Marlo full time. So weird to say second season because she's literally been on the show for over a decade. But um, I'm here for it. And shout out to Le Apostrophe Archive. I don't even know. L'Archive? Le Archive? I'm here for it. I think it's iconic. C'est bon, c'est bon. Continuing on. Number 24, Taylor becomes the first housewife to switch franchises as a friend of an iconically bungled announcement. Who can forget the day the world stood still when we discovered in, I think it was a People article, that Taylor was going to be the first housewife to switch franchises, a genuinely historic move going from Beverly Hills to Orange County, and then hold up couple hours later, language changed so that it wasn't that she was switching franchises as a housewife. She was switching franchises as a, as a woman of the world. And it turns out, looks like she's going to be a friend of an Orange County. Now, a friend of position, as we know on Miami, as we know in New York, as we know with Marlowe in Atlanta, you can have just as much import. Import? Is that the right use of the word? Let's pretend. Um, I'm, I just went to Marlowe's boutique and I found a dictionary. Um, you can be a friend of and have just as much importance. Ooh, story change. Um, plot twist. Just as much importance, just as much uh, story focus, honestly, and maybe even a little bit of a freedom and not necessarily having your personal stuff uh, on display, on display, on display each and every day, every day, every day. And, you know, so for Taylor, it's like maybe she'll be considered a spiritual full timer. Either way, it is an iconic moment. It's just we still haven't had that full time housewife switch. But, you know, Mazel Tov. It's going to be I'm I'm excited to see it. I don't know which Taylor we're going to get. I thought she was incredibly fascinating on Ex-Wives Club. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm, I really am. And to see how that affects alliances and the cast and everything else, if they're aware of Taylor's story, if they were watching it when she was on Beverly Hills, all of that is going to be fascinating. Okay, moving along. 23, number 23, Kelly Ben Simone signs Jelly Beans Tropical Flavored at Andy's Girls Live. Who can forget the moment? When I pulled out a couple of mini baggies of tropical flavored jelly bellies, um, the perfect kind. I don't know if they're, I'm not a, I'm not a jelly bean person. Uh, apologies. Um, so, but I just realized in looking at these signed jelly beans that are um, on display in the cloth that they are called jelly bellies. Never noticed the name of the company. I don't know if there are other jelly bean companies, but my God, for Kelly to sign jelly bellies that are tropical mix. When we're talking about Scary Island live at AG 300, at AG Live, an iconic moment um, that I will treasure forever as I will treasure these um, jelly beans. Uh, They are not in, I really do think that they, you know, as a museum piece, the Mona Lisa of candy, truly, um, that maybe they should be in some kind of something, but they're, they're just on my wall. They're hanging out. Um, They're living their best lives. They're comfortable. They're ready for for Kelly to be on Legacy, which I do think will happen. I think if you had asked me that, I know if you had asked me that actually prior to AG Live, I would have been like, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking as far as casting, like what moves they're going to make. But I could 100% see it. And and in recent months, she's absolutely been mentioned with people who 
um, are in contention. So I'd love to see it. I think it could be, I think uh, I'm excited actually about legacy. You guys know I go back and forth about legacy and the reboot, but um, I'm feeling optimistic. (laughs) Happy new year. All right. Number 22, Candace needs to talk to Eric. Candace Dillard Bassett, talk about a Renaissance style season. Listen, she can still be, talk about lists. She can still be a little bit of a disaster on social. I guess she's been pushing back with the idea of like, I should be allowed to body shame and yada yada. But I do also think it's been tempered. And I also think, you know, people are not only the best and worst aspects of how we view their character. They're also everything in between. And we all have stuff that is complicated and complex. And I do see growth in Candace. And I also feel like this season and the positioning of this season and almost like the self-producing of other members of the cast has enabled a pretty positive Candace edit that I think is um, appropriate. I think that she's had a complicated and difficult couple seasons on Potomac, certainly online, on social. And uh, I'm glad to see another side of her. I, it's unfortunate that there's a level of vulnerability. We've experienced vulnerable Candace before, obviously, in a variety of different circumstances. But there's something to be said for the pushback in that moment of Candace needing to talk to Eric, where she really takes back control of a narrative that she feels like is being self-produced by Giselle and unacceptable. And her ability to break through in all of the ways, literal and figurative, in that moment and be like, this is not going to be my story this season. You can try it, but it's not going to happen was incredibly powerful. So kudos to her. Number 21, Teresa's wedding hair breaks the internet. What is there to say? We all remember the moment that we saw the first pictures and video. I was honestly surprised that we saw the kind of content that we did because oftentimes if you're filming, if it's for a reboot or a show, there is like a little bit of like a no camera situation. And that did not happen at Teresa's wedding. And thank fucking God for that. Because the moment that I saw her hair and then when I saw follow up pictures, side angles, a profile shot and video, I could not believe it. It was giving classic I don't know, like mid-90s Jersey princess in a way that I did not know still existed, but it does. And it was everything. I literally cannot wait to see her wedding episode and to see the faces, the joy on everyone as they saw that beautiful hair, IRL. I cannot. Do we even know? Has she answered any press about like how her neck felt the second day? My God, her wedding hair broke the internet in all of the ways that count. I also felt like it was one of those moments that brought the Bravo community together because sometimes we're just honestly pieces of shit. And for that moment, for us all to react at the same time, essentially on Instagram and I'm sure Twitter, but really on IG for us all to see that and to understand, to process Teresa's hair in, in real time was a day I will never forget. Days, honestly, because I couldn't get enough of it after. I was like, can we circle back to how I felt when I first saw it? Let's do that. 
Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen 
is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, coming in at number 20, we survived the Beverly Hills panel at BravoCon. What is there to say? We as a community, attendees made it through. I talk about this with Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo, and we did a reaction to the countdown. And Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo noted, I had forgotten this, that she had purchased an SVIP ticket and was kicked out of the Beverly Hills panel. Bravo, Bravo spent a couple shekels on her SVIP ticket, which is like the highest amount of access of the three ticketeers available, and couldn't get a fuck. They escorted her out, not literally escorted her out because there was so much yelling at that point, and people were just like, if you don't have a fuck, it was like musical chairs from hell. Like, everybody sit down. If you don't got a fucking seat, get the fuck out. It was wild and unnerving. <laughs> incredibly distressing because it was just like the vibe was so desperate. It was so bad. People were, I mean, Karen's in the wild. It was just, there was a lot of uh, chaos that happened in that moment. It was a moment I will never forget. Luckily, it was not like the top moment from BravoCon, thank God, Um, but it was a survival. So anyone who was there, hand to chest, I mean, we were all in this together. We see each other you know, we should probably come together and make some form, some sort of like anniversary group for next year where we can just have a moment of silence to remember all the screaming. If that has left our brains and our ears at that point, all the yelling. Oh God, the chaos, the threats. It was just, it was a tough moment, guys, but also honestly iconic. It made the top 25, got to tell you. Coming in at number 19, number 19, Tamara returns to Orange County, adds pulp. She's adding fucking pulp to that orange. You know I'm going to be nervous for Shan. I hope this works out well for her. I also really do hope, as so many of us do, that she is going to come for Dubrow. I know that seems obvious, but something being obvious doesn't mean it ends up happening. And I am curious about how that's going to go. Also, Gina and Emily in interviews and conversations about Tamara joining are all like, we're so happy. We're so excited. And I think that there is an understandable amount of fear there of like, what is she going to do to us? And um, I think I think it could be a chaotic season. And Orange County needs a little bit of chaos. Heather Dubrow was running the goddamn show last season in a way that was not helpful for that season. I'm glad she's there. I don't know if this upcoming season will be Dubrow's 
last again obviously she sold Chateau du Bro they bought some sparkly new you know like penthousey apartment or whatever in LA who knows what that means for Heather's future but I am extremely excited for Heather's present which will be on Orange County's upcoming season which I would assume is like they're gonna fucking announce something with that soon I would I hope um I'm actually cautiously optimistic about it um so we'll see what happens there. Coming in at number 18, the Bravo community raises $20,000 for charity. The AG Patreon files an appeal. That's right, guys. A group of content creators, myself included, came together to raise funds for two nonprofits, one Planned Parenthood, the other Inside Out Youth Services, which is an LGBTQIA plus organization based in Colorado Springs that helps um, young people in their area and raised $20,000 plus an incredible, incredible, um, results, which is amazing. I don't know. It was number 18. You guys know about those. Um, I think I'd want to call it like a donation drive almost, um, honestly, uh, cause they were mentioned on, uh, AG and many other platforms and, um, was so, excited and proud to see the support from the Bravo community. So mazel of the day to everyone who shared and donated and did all the things. All right, continuing on. Number 17, possibly the most difficult positioning decision that was made in compiling this list. Number 17, Heather Gay's Black Eye is her new PR. Yikes. The decisions that Heather Gay has made this season are bad, I would say. Heather has given a myriad of answers as to what happened and a myriad of accusations that she's turned into LOLs, resulting in a reply to a comment when one of many, many, many hundreds of genuinely concerned Bravo fans commented and said, like, who hit you? Did someone hit you? What happened to your eye? Are we going to find out? And Heather's response was to say, you got to buy my book. Yikes, you guys. That was a new low. <laughs> Heather Gay's, the, the new lows of Heather Gay this season are really tough. As someone who delighted in her first season as a housewife and also acknowledged, you know, some gray areas there, I cannot remember a time when a housewife who was um, really beloved by not everyone, but I would say like a majority of uh, maybe a, a large number, maybe a majority of people had like affection for Heather, like genuine affection for her. And to see what's happened, honestly, in like the last week and a half is tough. It is rough, tough stuff. So it's not lower in the list because I honestly didn't want to give it that. I just think this whole thing is so gross and so weird. And the way that she has treated this as a joke as every as everything in the book um and then also everything else it's not good and it's not good for the show and the promotion of it of like oh this is an iconic moment that's going to come out oh when we see these actual episodes air it's like oh this is not not great at all. All right. Speaking of Heather Gay, coming in at number 16, Jen Noshaz at the reunion and also her trial. What's there to say except I plan to be there January 6th. I don't know if I'll be in the room where it happens, uh, Jen's sentencing, but I certainly will be at the courthouse. I plan to be. 
and we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Who knows if Jen actually filmed. Uh, there were rumors that she was filming a one-on-one with Andy. I have literally no idea. Um, a content creator, and apologies, I forgot who this was, but I saw someone repost it, noted that on, I think it's like the IMDB where they you know, post the titles of upcoming episodes and like a little spiel of a summary of what the episode is noted that there was a two week gap in between the airing of the finale in, I think, mid January and the beginning of the reunion. And that is a strange occurrence to have two weeks in between a finale episode and a reunion. And I wonder how much of that has to do with potential changes that they're either making to the season, to the reunion, or just holding on this until they have more information about what the fuck is going to happen um, with Jen at her sentencing. And maybe also a part of it is maybe they'll like put in some kind of special with Jen in between who knows what's going to happen. But what a fucking shit show. Um, My God, the reunion is going to be, I don't know. I don't know that I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting through it and have putting this season to bed. All right, coming in number 15, She by Sheree launches and is immediately followed by a remix. It is so brand consistent that Sheree, after how many years, does finally put out a fashion show with fashions that are immediately missing from her website launch. Um, A bungled and honestly iconic debut for She by Sheree. If her items weren't priced at like bajillions of dollars for identical items you can find on Amazon, I would 100% have purchased a $7 million sweatshirt I can get for $9.95. I could not make that happen. Hashtag join the AG Patreon. Um, Honestly, even if you do, I'm not going to make that kind of... (laughs) financial decision because it's just it's just a wild thing but I love she by Sheree if she sold like a sticker maybe for probably sixty dollars I would consider it but um that launch my god it was it was everything we finally got it and for that we should be grateful and also Sheree deserves to stay on Atlanta full-time she is I think a historic housewife in the in being the first one to I think return full time for a third time. So let's keep her there for a little bit before the 86 are and then bring her back for number four. Um, she deserves it. She deserves to stay. Coming in at number 14. Listen, Shan, that's the tweet. Number 14 iconic moment of 2022. Just Shan. I don't know. It's my list. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate her. I just want to support her. It's such a small community of people who hashtag stand for Shan that I put her almost dead in the middle. Okay, coming in at number 14. She just, I just want to tell her I appreciate her. She doesn't listen to the podcast. She doesn't know what a podcast is. The second a podcast is flavored like vodka, she will become aware. But until that moment, what does she have, a vodka soda? I think it's like a Tito's soda. Um, I don't know. I'm very into Jeff Lewis's uh, radio show on Radio Andy. I've become literally obsessed with it. I haven't missed an episode in uh, a couple months. And because I honestly have just done the backlog on Sirius. And MJ was talking about, uh, I guess, a recent trip that like Jeff and the Chumps, which are known as his group of friends named after um, David Bedore calling him a chump. So now his circle of friends are, are known as the Chumps. But this group of Chumps, which included Shan, went to Countess Luann's, um, a, a recent performance in LA. And apparently Shan like picked up the tab for a couple people or something. But MJ from Shaw's is also a chump and was talking about the fact that I guess this like bar or restaurant or whatever contacted her because they thought they for some reason like 
were giving her the tally of I think maybe they got phone numbers bungled or something but they called MJ from Shaw's to give Shan's like receipt of her transaction from that night and it was like $1,200 and it the like it listed all of the Tito's <laughs> and sodas that she bought but you know she I'm sure she bought for other people but it was like a $1,200 tally. Shan, God bless her. God bless her. Number 14. What has she done this year? I don't know. She's here. Okay. She's a survivor, apparently, of that night at Luann's and whatever else. Love her for it. She is a dream. She's a vision. I'm hoping for the best. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm nervous, honestly, if I'm going to be real honest about it the idea of like potentially Tamara and Heather coming for her even separately if not together does give me a small amount of um agita but I'm hoping for the best it's going to be great she's going to do great it's going to be great is the thing that I keep telling myself is any any of the three other um folks who stand for Shannon Archie Bador is one of them are aware it's just you just breathe through it. We, we got a sense of humor about it. You know, it's, you know, we're all in on the joke. And the joke is like, what a joke you are for not standing for Shan. Okay. I get LVP, Bethany, Nini, Teresa. You know who the star of the show is with Housewives? Shan. That's the tweet, guys. And that's number 14. Coming in at number 13, Ashley Darby becomes single before and after dating Luke to talk about 2022 and moments of light. One of them, Teresa's hair, quite another when we discovered that Ashley Darby was divorcing or separating or hopefully no longer stooping Michael. Now, I know we have a road ahead of us, I guess, with this whole house, Michigas, and hopefully some strategic and excellent forensic accounting. I know there's going to be some hurdles along the way, as we've seen with the Hochsteins. It can get really difficult, and we're only, what, seven eps into Miami so far, and Michael's absolutely a piece of shit. But how incredible is to see Ashley Darby come into her own as an independent woman. So much of, not all of the criticism of Ashley, but a, a huge part of it is Ashley not just as Ashley herself, but as Ashley married to Michael. And there is something powerful about that weight being taken off so that she can truly be her own independent woman on Housewives. We want to see it. We want the best for her. We want the absolute least for Michael. And I'm I'm thrilled for her single lady's turn. Um, I'm extremely excited, honestly, about next season when we fully see her come into her own. It's going to be incredible. Coming in at number 12, a top moment in Housewives 2022, Bravo puts Real Housewives of New York out of its misery and creates something new for us to complain about. You know I've gone back and forth on what does legacy mean? What does the reboot mean? But God bless Bravo for giving us something entirely new to shit talk about. Absolute months, many months before we will see a single episode, teaser or trailer, and even before the cast of Legacy is finalized. I mean, my God, a gift, a gift to complain, a gift to bemoan. And uh, I'm excited to see it and maybe hate it, but quite possibly love it as well. I mean, if that doesn't tell you the world of Housewives, I don't know what will. Coming in at number 11, top moment of 2022, 
Lisa Rinna is the living embodiment of what I ordered versus what I got. If I hear one more person, and of, of I guess three who feel this way, say Lisa Rinna should come back because of how she was six years ago, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. You know what? I'm tired. She's exhausting me. I'm no longer here when I see her on my television screen because it's too much now. We've got it. I think there is so much more potential to seeing, as has been discussed on AG this year many times, seeing Erica Jane in full villain mode without Rinna protecting and defending her, getting her no, to no longer film because she knows she's about to say something that would be honestly a wild AF moment and getting her off. And then pretending that we only care about the truth because of whatever the fuck happened in Aspen, which we still don't know. She is even as late as today from other people reposting because, you know, she's blocked 99.7% of content creators, even ones who were like pro Rena. It's a wild decision when you need to sell your lip gloss and wine. Um, But she's still posting stuff today about her stupid fucking receipts. It's like, what is more Rena? What is the greater use of Rena-ing than Rena attempting to spread a conspiracy theory that she dragged Kathy Hilton at the reunion with her receipts and it's not going to be included in the edit. And then having Andy, Andrew Cohen, take to watch, not what I was supposed to say, take to watch Question Happens Live, take to Radio Andy to say, LOL, she had a vanilla envelope, she never opened it. Can you even, you guys, it's a joke. She doesn't even have any. It's like, why are we rewarding this? It's, it's the worst kind of chaos. It's become boring. What else? You can't just bluster for, for seasons on. It has been a buildup of several seasons. We got to put her on pause. Dorinda was put on pause for less. Lisa Rinna at one point took to Instagram stories and accused her show's producer of potentially conspiring with the bot attack against Garcelle's son, Jax. That is unwell behavior that I would think is absolute cause for her to take some time off. Please, God, please go on vacation with Diana. Maybe you can pick up a gig on her staff and hide out in Hawaii for a season or forever. Like, you get to dance there. Someone else is picking up the tab. What more could Lisa Rinna want than that? Please. All I want for my 2023 horoscope is like no more of this because we're never going to be done with her. It's just going to be one fucking dance of the day after the next. I want to dance less in 2023. That's my New Year's resolution. Dance like nobody's watching. I don't want to watch her dance no more. Please. My God. But then we get to the top 10, you guys. Counting down top 10. This is in it to win it. One of this moment just happened. And I was like, this could be top five, honestly. Top five of my life. Coming in at number 10, top 25 moments in Housewives 2022. Jeff Lewis out Bethany's Bethany Frankel. Was there a moment that made a gal fly higher than to watch that watch what happens live pan out. I 
recently started rewatching some clips of like uh, at least one episode that they were on of Watch What Happens Live together. And it was the same energy. It was like them needling each other, Jeff needling Bethany, her taking it, her like pushing back. She was much, much, much more unsuccessful this most recent round, but it was everything that followed that showed me who Bethany has become, this fragile, isolated, um, overly sensitive victimization of her own fame and behavior and ego. It's a lot. It was a, the aftermath of it was so gross, but also honestly an LOL because Jeff was like, oh, I, you know, thought this was a normal show. We've done this before. We're friends. Turns out, I guess, because the people she was with thought, you know, it hadn't been fair to her. Bethany is this delicate flower, as we're all aware. My God, she like invented the thorns on roses, but okay. Um, that, you know, she felt like they were ganging up on her and whatever else. And he apologized. He called her. He apologized. He apologized on the radio show. She did not. She went another way and put up a emergency episode of her um, podcast talking about what a nasty, vile person Jeff Lewis is. And listen, I honestly am obsessed with his radio show. I think he is such an interesting character and person. And the way he handled himself after versus the way she handled herself after said everything. And Bethany is just, you know, I want to see her test less CVS lipstick and do something else. I don't know what that other thing would be. Bethany, oh God, she, there are housewives who are all-stars. Obviously, Bethany is an all-star in the Hall of Fame. But there are housewives who can stand on their own in individual solo shows after and ones who don't. And Bethany, I don't think, can anymore. She thrives in an ensemble. It is these moments when she's one-on-one attempting to out-Bethany herself that don't work out. And it is sort of uncomfortable to watch. You don't want to see Bethany Frankel flail because no one will win in that circumstance. She will absolutely make sure of that. And um, just kudos to Jeff Lewis in that moment. It was iconic, guys. If you haven't watched that, watch what happens. And if you want to do a deep dive there, I have a, I think, hour plus Patreon episode talking about the app itself of Watch What Happens, as well as um, her response, his response, and other people's as well. Um, my God, Bethany. Oy vey. Hashtag this is a crisis. Um, but not that night. That night I was riding high. Coming in at number nine, a top 25 moment in Housewives that I think everyone can agree, regardless of you're an AG. Sarah meets Chris Manzo, immediately registers at Cartier, the real one. Apologies to Louie, who, if you are unaware, um, went viral on all social this week after two of his stepkids, Melania and Gia, took to TikTok to show off the gifts they'd received from their mom and stepdad. And he had, in an exclusive People article, shared that he had purchased these bracelets from Cartier, the screws, um, irony, uh, for over $12,000 individually, giving them to each of his four stepdaughters. And then it turned out, according to also AG, the real bad fashions on Instagram, turned out those were not quite real. And since this went viral, I know that Melania deleted her TikTok video, which is really unfortunate. These girls did nothing wrong. Um, If they want to share what 
presents they've ever seen. I really don't see anything wrong with it. Also, I actually thought it was sweet to see what Teresa got them because it wasn't anything like this. It wasn't anything super crazy. It was like shoes, sunglasses, like designer items, but nothing nuts, um, which I appreciated. And then Louie had to go fuck it up by going, I don't know, if there's a Cartier Claire's accessories collection that he found on Etsy or whatever else, he really... And then Teresa's, I guess they're calling him her publicist, but it was, I guess, I think it's like her lawyer. Remember her lawyer from the, you know, jail seasons or whatever, put out a statement saying like, not denying that they're fake, but being like, we should focus on other things. This is ridiculous, which we are not, we're not going to be turning from this anytime soon. But anyway, I met love of my life, Chris Manzo, which I talked about earlier in this episode, comes in at number nine, top moment of 2022 and also my life. Chris, who I would love to have on Andy's Girls, but is probably terrified at this point because he's been tagged in social pics when a friend of mine got me a Chris Manzo pillow, which I am staring at right now. It's um, here in the office on the guest chair. They get to sit on the Chris Manzo almost memorial chair, not memorial, but like sort of celebration, whatever. I guess um, the honor is all Chris's when he gets to sit in the Chris Manzo chair and come on, A.G., you know, there's something else I could add to that, but I'm not going to because I'm a lady. OK, I don't I don't fall for those jokes. But come on, Andy's girls, Chris Manzo and delight in the delight of just, you know, getting to know each other and talking about girls in New Jersey. No, truly, I would love to have a conversation with him. I mean, one of many. <laughs> it would be great. Um, anyway, I'm literally turning bright red as I did when I met him IRL. A moment, the star of my holiday card and my life and my year. Um, 2020, as I said in the holiday card, 2022, the year of Chris. And that's that's kind of where we are. <laughs> that could be a title. Um, okay, coming in at number eight, countdown getting closer and closer. Lisa Barlow. I love that. Lisa Barlow, who so many of us stand for, has really risen above the rest this season. You know, I think at a certain point, early days, Lisa and Meredith were well matched and Lisa has just taken to a different level. I think one of the reasons Meredith is so pissed at Lisa is that Lisa's monologue made her a star. And there has to be something upsetting about that. Like, I think that's why one of the reasons why Meredith can't get can't let go because she knows show within a show fighting about the show that that moment projected and enabled Lisa to get to another level of housewife stardom and Meredith was kind of there you know with I'm not engaging I'm disengaging like that's an iconic moment the tub moment was great but she's she's kind of trying to find those moments this season and it's not working out no one no one ever, anywhere. Learn from Housewives past. We don't want to see you and your husband in a tub. We don't want to hear jokes of like where your toes are traveling. That's not necessarily a reboot of the reasons we loved tub talk this season before when you were just like being fabulous. It was a tough moment, but Lisa Barlow, my God, she really is in my Housewives. I got to tell you, Housewives top five. She's in my Housewives top five right now. Right now, she's there. There is a spot for her there. And I love it. Her social media, I'm not on Twitter, but when people like, you know, 
repost something on Instagram stories three days after it's been tweeted. I love to see the shade that she has been given. It's honestly the way she has come for Jen Shaw on Twitter has been magnificent and I am extremely here for it. And I'm here for her work on Salt Lake so far this season. She's I think she's going to be incredible at the reunion. Oh my God. An, an incredible moment. And speaking of moments, coming in at number seven, the Salt Lake City panel is the must- watch TV event of the year not available on TV. I cannot if you were in the room where it happened. Guys, Lisa was on it. Honestly, Whitney was on it. Heather was on it. Meredith was on it. They were coming it for and at each other with such passion. It kicked off in seconds. And Karamo did a great job as mediator, but honestly, these four women, it was an orchestra. Heather's weird fake choir, it could have been this panel alone. Beautiful music was made. And it's so upsetting, but I guess understandable that while there have been other panels released, like on YouTube or whatever since, I actually don't know where it, oh, maybe Peacock since, this one has not. Maybe clips, and the clips that they've released, I think, are also like the, you know, people during the Q&A telling Heather how much um, she has meant to them, which is lovely. I wonder how what those people are thinking right now when we've been up to date on episodes. But um, but the, I think it was actually too hot to show in full because I think people would compare it to whatever the reunion is going to be like. It was a reunion episode that you had to be in the room to see. I hope one day, honestly, maybe after the reunion, I don't even know, because I think if they had released it they would have released it by now maybe they did release it in full and I just haven't seen it pop up on Peacock but I don't think they have not in full and god to be in the room it was a mo it was honestly the a top three from BravoCon and and from like all things Bravo 2022 actually quite technically it was top seven because <laughs> it's seven on the list but in my heart, it's sorry, which is how numbers work. Okay. Um, coming in at number six, Lisa Hochstein, the people's princess. There have been moments in time, as we have discussed, where the Bravo community comes together to rally and celebrate. Saw it with Ashley Darby, saw it with Teresa's hair. Lisa Hochstein, we are behind you. We support you. She has always been a kind person. She has shared herself. You know, if you're watching OG seasons of Miami, there's been there was difficulty of her like being able to express herself when she was going up against Joanna Krupa and some tough reunion episodes. But I do think she is like a decent good person. And what Lenny has done to her, that piece of shit that no one ever fucking liked. The way that she was humil the way that he tried to humiliate her says everything about him and the way that she is just making her way through and surviving it, it's just she's a triumph. And we we support you, Lisa. You are the people's princess. You really are. And also, if Lisa's the people's princess, I'm gonna say Larsa's like giving us a little queen. You know, Lisa, people princess. Larsa is like quickly becoming a Miami royal. And I love it. Her advice to Lisa has been spot on. You know, they've had these moments of bickering at each other, getting into fights. But when it matters, they rally and they support. And that is why Lisa is on number six. And I know we're only seven episodes into Miami, but they deserve and Lisa deserves it too. Coming in at number five, a top. 
25 moment in Housewives of quite literally 2022 of, of this year, top 25 moment in Housewives, a difficult decision, but the top five really is, is here to stay. And uh, it's very appropriate for this year. Meredith can go fuck herself. I'm done with her because I'm not a fucking whore and I don't cheat on my husband. Her and her dumb fucking family that poses. Why don't you own a house? Oh, wait, you can't because your husband changes jobs every five minutes. Meredith is a piece of fucking shit. I had your back and I'm offended by that. Fuck you. That fucking piece of shit garbage whore. I fucking hate her. She's a whore. She's fucked half of New York. She can go fuck herself. Now, guys, I understand technically this happened in 2021, but wouldn't you say this is an evergreen moment in time? Lisa Barlow, number eight. I love that. You know what? Lisa Barlow coming in at number eight. You also got five as well. Okay? Because I'm not over it. I'm never going to be over it. I have a little like Clofus Casa registry on my IG and in and AG bought me a print by Milk and Don't Call Me Honey, who I love, who's been on the um, AG Patreon before, who also, P.S., recaps Salt Lake City for Vulture, um, a.k.a. New York Magazine, and does a fantastic job of it. Um, but anyway, he does he does these beautiful drawings. I'm looking at one right now I have of Kim Kardashian, not bad for a girl with no talent. And um, I, have, uh, um, I have Rinna in the bathroom. I have, I think I think I have at least one more in my apartment. And um, and anyway, so on the registry, I had this Lisa Barlow iconic monologue and the AG bought it for me, which is so sweet. But it accidentally, because of the registry or whatever, was sent to her house. And I said, listen, this was like a couple weeks ago. I was like, listen, do me a favor. First off, you need to keep it. It like needs to be yours. Do me a favor. Because she sent, I think, a, she sent me a, a picture of her like of her hand maybe holding the print and I was like first off you need to keep it and also please please do me the honor of putting it on your tree because the tree was in the background and I was like talk about a star Lisa Barlow in that moment that print that monologue and she sent me a follow-up picture of Lisa Barlow the Lisa Barlow print at the top of her tree and my god Jesus rejoices. The other people there also cheer. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I, it's honestly one of the most beautiful Christmas trees I've ever seen. Um, what a star. What a star moment. I'm going to tell you if I do this top 25 next year or yeah, next year, um, aka next year beginning in literally like 36 hours, uh, I, I'm going to, it might be a part of it is what I'm going to say. It might still remain in the top five. I can't get past it. It's an evergreen moment in time. So thank you, Lisa Barlow. Thank you to the half of New York. If the other half can please slide into my DMs, I would really appreciate that for 2023. Let's keep moving on. Coming in at number four, Ex-Wives Club is a Bravo-holic utopia. No lies detected. An unbelievable moment. A tough moment at times with Ex-Wives Club, but also excellent, iconic casting. It's one of those one of those shows where you see a reason for every person in the cast. For example, I was like, Eva, when the cast announcement went out, I didn't totally understand her position there. But when the show was released, of course, the show wouldn't have been 
half as good without Eva there because I felt like she was such a connective thread including for some women who were not necessarily behaving well, a.k.a. behaving perfectly for us. Um, But she was, of course, exactly right and necessary and needed and appreciated. And I think everyone there was. Obviously, you know, rough, tough stuff with Dorinda and Jill that I assume will continue if both are on Legacy, but also fascinating, too, to see Tamara and Vicky. I want to know if Vicky came back on some sort of ex-wives club or ultimate girls trip, as I think has been discussed on social, different rumors um, coming out about that. But would she still be the Vicky that we saw? Obviously, she was in a difficult spot with everything going on with Steve. But I think there's a part of that sadness that we will always see Vicky have until, if this happens, she's back full time on Orange County. I think there is a part of her that's broken and no longer in her feeling, no longer considered the star that she was for so many years. Um, You know, OG of the OC, obviously the difficulty with everything going on with Steve and the breakup and, you know, him cheating or whatever else, um, realizing this man used her and and all of the difficulties uh, associated with that is incredibly difficult. But I also wonder, like, some of that sadness I think would still be there even if Steve had not been in the picture and um and seeing the different housewives come together try to understand each other not necessarily know each other and live together my god at Bluestone Manor with Dorinda in charge Sweet, sweet Dorinda learning literally nothing from why she was put on pause. In fact, doubling down on the reasons I would say she was put on pause because maybe that is just who Dorinda is and a part of who she has always been. And my goodness, I I wonder what legacy will be like because there is no way she's not in that cast. But x y Club, I haven't seen it, I don't think, since it came out. That is a rewatch. That might be, honestly, a New Year's Eve decision that I make since Andy and Anderson aren't allowed to be drunk. Hopefully, I'll get a little drunk on XY's Club content. I think that's going to happen. I think a marathon should take place. What better way to ring in a new year than with some XY's? You know what I'm saying? All right, coming in at number three, top 25 moment in Housewives, just, just purely, simply. Garcelle. Garcelle Bove has had to endure more bullshit, fuckery, and trauma than anybody else in Beverly Hills, and I would argue most other casts. My God, what she has experienced, not only with the bot attack against Jax, but also the like gross and inhumane treatment of certain people in her cast, the level of disrespect and just shitty, vile, mean behavior on social. You know who you are, okay? You know. Diana is who you are. That's literally your name. It's unbelievable. And I feel like Garcelle does not get her due, even though I think we all get that like she is an angel sent from heaven above, but she doesn't get her due for holding her head up with such 
grace when she is met with such disrespect. You guys know Kyle's in my top five. Sometimes she's been spiritually paused. She's still there. And this is the kind of Housewives viewer I am. She's in my top five. I want to see Garcelle drag her episode one next season and say what you did when we were in LA, which is their way of saying like when someone's like what you did in New York, a Salt Lake City cast member one, it's like, okay, when you were literally filming the reunion, but we're not allowed to use the words reunion on Housewives Classic. What you did in standing up for Diana, I should probably say someone else in the cast, instead of me when it came to Jax was unacceptable and hurt my feelings and I deserve an apology based in a change of behavior. I think it showed even especially when Kyle's thinking of this person needs defense, the fact that she thought in that moment Diana is the person who needs defending and not Garcelle and her son, especially in light of the scene of Kyle and Mauricio and Dorit and PK joking about how Erica Jane had treated Jax and um, Oliver at Garcelle's birthday party and thinking not, wow, I should really make up for the fact that I made a fool of myself and was really shitty in that scene because I thought it was again going to be a little bit of a reboot and a, a fun wink and a nod to you know how Mauricio and PK were with the ankle and the brain or whatever last season didn't work out that way and she's still she's doubled down she thought Diana is the one that needs protection and not Garcelle a wild moment but you know what number three really focusing on Garcelle just a queen a queen who we don't deserve, but goddamn, I absolutely appreciate her. And hopefully, Bravo is giving her the contract she deserves. Okay. Moving quite along, listen, I struggled with this. I flipped number two and number one multiple times. Number two, late in the game, had been ranked as number one, but I thought to myself, I have to be honest to how I really feel. Number two and number one to me are tied. They really are. But when I think of top 25 moments in Housewives, one of these moments is a top Housewife moment of all time. One of these feels to me like the top moment of 2022. And this is the top 25 moments in Housewives this year. Okay, this isn't all time. This is 2022. And maybe there's some crossover with other moments here too. Obviously, Meredith can go fuck herself. I'm done with her because I'm not a fucking whore and I don't cheat on my husband, her and her dumb fucking family that poses. Why don't you own a house? So wait, you can't because her husband changes jobs every five minutes. Meredith's a fucking piece of shit. I had your back and I'm offended by that. Fuck you. That fucking piece of shit garbage whore. I fucking hate her. She's a whore. She fucked half of New York. She can go fuck herself is also a moment I would put as one of the top moments of all time. But we're focusing on 2022. And I just want to say, I feel like there's going to be some pushback on this number number two to number one. Number two, spiritually, is in top moment of all time. But I just got to say, number one is number one. So coming in at number two, Kathy Hilton has worked with the homeless. Kathy Hilton has worked with the toothless. Was there a funnier moment than that? I mean, it to me was funnier than who is hunky dory which was also really fucking funny i won't ever get over i have worked with the homeless i've worked with the toothless i can't i have never been able to say it without laughing it is so funny that organization is so fucking weird i can't 
can't get over the title of it. It like doesn't make sense. And content creators have done investigations of it. Apparently it's not like ranked super high. Big surprise, but like Charity Navigator or whatever. But I don't I don't know. I can't answer to that. What I can't answer to is Thank God we had them as a part of this. Thank you to Sharon Stone or whoever the fuck knocked on Dorit's door and said, I've got a great organization here for you. What are your thoughts on teeth? Because without that, without Sharon Stone, we wouldn't have had that moment. And I just have to say, Kathy Hilton has worked with the homeless. Kathy Hilton has worked with the Tulips. And I appreciate that. <laughs> That's an incredible moment. All right, you guys, you may notice, by the way, before we, we get to number one, the reason that we have gathered here today, that there are some moments that were not top moments on, on my list, on the Andes Girls official list for 2022. I'm thinking of Robin and her speaker. I'm thinking of, I don't know, I can't think of anything else. I really do think this is quite a good list. But to me, that moment, all fine and good. Honorary mention, absolutely. Just not a top moment for 2022, you know? But like, shout out to whichever production assistant went to Best Buy. We're here for you. We support you. I hope you kept your receipt. Um, My God, you know, Caduce. But it's it was not top in the list. I'm sure there are other moments I really can't think of any, but um, that didn't make the list. But this is, you know, we had to make space for Shan, okay? <laughs> 14 is 14. That's that's where we are. But the number one moment for 2022, it really, to me, honestly, the top moment, because it says so much, coming in at number one, top 25 moments in Housewives 2022, Andy Scrolls, Andy Girls Presents, Andy Scrolls, AG Spectacular Production, coming in at number one, Miami is here to slay. Had you told me when they announced the reboot of Miami, that Miami would be currently genuinely my favorite franchise to watch, I would have said, what on earth are you talking about? I love Miami so much. This season is incredible. We're literally seven-ish episodes in and we are getting everything we need. I feel like if, you know, the Bravo gods give incoming returning housewives some sort of like LOL HR instructive manual or something, what they need to include with that is a sit down of watching Miami last season and now. Because I think for some franchises, they're forgetting the core and the foundation of why we watch Housewives, which is not only to connect in watching the stories that we are seeing play out and following these women, but in watching these women connect with each other. You can't necessarily have only conflict alone. The resolution is important. And the respect underneath the conflict is what is missing from Salt Lake City, certainly last season of New York, at um, Beverly Hills, obviously, last season of Orange County. You don't have that missing piece in Miami. We spend so much time talking about why Lenny's a piece of shit because he so obviously is. The man is a clown. But the reason that we're watching isn't because Lisa's getting a divorce. That's not the reason that we're loving this season. And again, Lisa, you know, 
Hochstein came in at number six, People's Princess. It's not to watch her noting the understanding of what was to come. It's not just for that hot mic moment. It's to see the way her cast has rallied with her in support of her. Larsa saying, if you need the guy at the bank, I can give you whatever info um, you need. The way that Alexia, honestly, everyone in the cast said like, what the fuck? We are here for you. We love you. That is what makes Miami so magical and so great. And to anyone saying we're in a little bit of a dip right now with Housewives, I just have to ask, are you watching Miami? If you feel yourself feeling ugh and off about Housewives and honestly watching Salt Lake, I get it. I'm there with you with that. Salt, watching last week's episode of Salt Lake, Salt Lake rather, made me feel sick. I did not feel good watching it. I felt a little dirty. It it was so cynical in the way that it was edited and self-produced and produced-produced. It made me feel bad. I felt like I was being, I felt like the cast was making me feel like I was a joke, like they were considering the audience idiots. And Miami is like the absolute opposite of that. Miami is a light amidst the darkness in Salt Lake. Miami is fun and funny and spirited. Miami itself, the town, is colorful and creative and rich and escapist. And the cast echoes that. It's There are so many people in the cast. The Friends of play a critical, crucial part. I never want Marisol to be full-time again because she's the perfect friend of. We don't need her to feel... Like she needs to, you know, share other aspects of her personal life. It's not necessary. She is giving us everything that we need and want. Her confessionals are always cheeky, always funny, cockies for days. It's just been such a delight to have Miami here. And it makes me so excited for what the next generation of housewives will bring. I mean, it's wild to think of Miami as a sign of the future of housewives. And yet, That is, in fact, exactly what it's doing to have one of the original franchises rise above so many others that have continued on in its absence and been created after the fact. I think, you know, whomever is stirring the sauce in Miami, I don't follow like which production companies are responsible for what, but my God, do they know what the fuck they're doing. And again, if you're not watching Miami, I highly encourage that is the thing that you hope for in 2023 is that this season of Miami never ends and that you have all of the time in the world a year before probably next season happens, at least several months, um, in which to really enjoy and delight and catch up. Um, and if you're thinking, okay, I've never seen Miami before. Do I have to start with season one? Honestly, I I get into this with Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo during our own um, chat about the top 25. I would say just survive season one of Miami. It's short. It's abbreviated. It's very stupid. But it's important to see not only to see some of the OGs from the beginning, you know, Marisol in a very, very different chapter of her life. Um, 
uh, Leah Black, who isn't a part of the reboot, but is cameoing this season and is a, a grand dame of Miami and a fantastic housewife. But to see Larsa Pippen, for example, who I would consider one of the worst um, one and done housewives of all time, who is having a spectacular spectacular journey um a triumphant housewife on the reboot honestly um so i think going back to season one is key uh lisa joins in season two so you could start with two if you wanted to but you know season one's like literally a handful of episodes it's not long there's this weird connective thread of like everyone has to host a dinner and it's strange and ziploc bags are involved with like cooking chicken or fish or something i don't know it's weird but it's worth it to see what can happen with a little bit of a gap in time um but also what's been created since um again you know i don't know if peacock does free trials but if they do my god marathon the fuck out of it absolutely and guys that was our top 25 if you want to see and read and share this list it's available on my instagram at dame galley and speaking of things available that after show uh, with Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo, an hour and 40 minutes, I want to say, is going to be up on the AG Patreon this weekend. Uh, number one way of supporting the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more at patreon.com slash Scrolls. Uh, speaking of more, talking about new beginnings in 2023. Listen, this was all about top moments in Housewives this year alone. But talking about new beginnings and a refreshed journey and horoscope predictions, whenever else, I'm doing a new beginnings 2023 live show online with friend of the pod, Ryan Bailey, this coming Thursday, January 5th, the day before Jen Shaw's sentencing, which I do plan to attend. Um, and tickets are available now at moment.co slash Scrolls. Only $12 supports the pod. And um, if you're unable to attend live, this is a live show um, exclusive to Moment. Um, if you're unable to attend, you can get on-demand tickets and uh, watch up to seven days following the live show experience. There's also an opportunity to do a meet and greet with me prior, and we're going to do a little after show with trivia, and it's going to be so much fun. So get your tickets now at moment.co slash Girls. Thanks to all of you for being on this journey, for all of your support this year, years past, hopefully what's to come. And I'm so thankful to our community. We talk a lot about the Bravo community, and I just want to thank you for being such an incredible part of the AG community. The conversations that we have on this pod are special and important to me, and I hope that they're important to you. Um, And I love hearing from you guys on social, email, um, receiving your satchels of gold, your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns, and... um, going through this together. I mean, listen, Miami is here to slay and hopefully AG is here to stay as well. And you know, we're 370 fucking whatever, who knows, episodes in and I'm so excited for 370 fucking whatever plus one um, next week. So guys, stay safe. Enjoy the new year in whatever way. Apparently I'm going to be watching an ex-wives club marathon and I'm very excited for that. And I will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. What's so 
what's special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.